Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Average Jays podcast. Thank you for joining us today on May 2nd in the year of our Lord, 2023. As always, we are here to remind you of the pop culture news you might have missed this week. I'm Jay Justin Ruiz. And I'm Jay Jeremy Francois. So we're going to go ahead and jump right in. One thing that I did not think we were going to get today, but we did. And you know what? I'm happy we did because it's something that is uh, kind of important, right? Yeah. The Surgeon General, Dr. And I'm going to obliterate this name. <laughs> Dr. Vivek Murthy. I'm, I, I'm with that behind. Full, full support. Vivek Murthy released an advisory this morning addressing the epidemic of a loneliness and isolation affecting the entire country and apparently laying out a framework for a national strategy to advance social connection. So as you can imagine, this is a product of a post-COVID world, a post-epidemic world, uh, or post-pandemic world, I should say. So basically... Um, he's talking on literally a lot of it is the isolation most adults are facing right now Yeah, with a huge trend of the workplace moving more and more virtual or more and more hybrid, depending on what it is research within this, uh, uh, what is the advisory that he released shows that loneliness and isolation are linked to sleep problems, inflammation, immune changes in younger adults. And in older people, they're tied to like random pains, insomnia, depression, anxiety, and a shorter lifespan. Um, they could also apparently be associated with higher risks of heart disease, stroke, diabetes, addiction, self-harm, and dementia. So in a statement that he released, he said that loneliness, uh, I think of as a great masquerader. It can look like different things. Some people may become withdrawn. Other people's become irritable and angry i think the time you get concerned is when you start experiencing a feeling of loneliness for prolonged periods of time if you feel lonely you pick up the phone and call a friend and then it goes away or you get in the car and you go see a family member that's okay that's loneliness acting like hunger or thirst a signal our body sends us when we need to when we need something for survival and when it persists is when it becomes harmful so this massive kind of release that he did is putting kind of the pressure on us as a country, so medical professional as well as different institutions, to push people to get back out there, have more social social connections, more personal connections with people. You know, the easiest thing that uh, they talk about within this like framework is picking up the phone, picking up the phone, oh, texting yeah. someone, calling someone. Just checking in on others just because, you know, when, when you do hit depressions or loneliness, sometimes you, you don't even have the willpower to do those things. So if you're someone who is, you know, not being affected or less affected, where you can do that, where you can check in on people, you know, it's kind of like a, it's like the least you can do kind of thing, right? Just check in on your friends, make sure everyone's doing okay. You know? Yeah. Or even even if that, like, I know we live in an age where talking on the phone it, with someone, it has to be someone special. Even send a text, like, you know, texting is, a, you know, however form you communicate with that person, talk about stuff. 
But if you're on the opposite way, I would assume, I would like to think that they have a little bit of willpower to reach out and see, like, you know, mm-hmm. not saying they should, but like, you know, I always follow that, that, that rule you used to always say when, when I first started knowing you was that the phone works two ways. But, um, but in this, in this topic, uh, it's hard for that person, the person that's feeling down to do that because then they're just, they get into that hole and they, they, there's this comfort in that hole. And it's funny that we were talking about this because I saw like this, uh, picture someone took where in being in your comfort zone will kill you um it sounds very dark but it's like no matter what the the situation is that that is true because you're just stagnant and then if you're imagine if you're sad and you're not doing anything about it you're not trying things talking being active you will just continue to be in that hole in that darkness and I remember it's funny that we were talking about that now too, because I remember I think maybe a few episodes back we talked about men being lonely, or uh, I think that was a thing with men specifically being lonely. Mm-hmm. I forget what the the topic was on that, but it, it's it, oh, it's not be, about being lonely. It's that how they don't have friends. Yeah, that I think that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that kind of goes hand in hand because nowadays everything is done online, like mm-hmm. you know. I'm not best friends with my friends from like grade school. And I, my friends from grade school are actually my cousin's friends, but I got closer to them in high school. But we still have our own WhatsApp chat and we try to link up whenever we can, but life happens, mm-hmm. especially yeah. for people in our, our tax bracket, as you would say. Um, it's hard for us to link up because life happens. Yeah, and that's as you become like adults and you grow up and like things shift and change for you, like, you know, life happens. Like you said, it's, it's harder for people to connect, but I think it's even more important during those, these changes in life events that you still make the effort to connect because yeah, life is going to continue to happen and you got to continue to like, you know, push through and, and make that time. hundred percent. You can. Yeah. No, I totally agree with that. Um, uh, the last thing on, on that is just, I feel also because of technology, we're so we've gotten used to, and then also the pandemic. Uh, pandemic was the final nail in the coffin when it comes to isolation. Mm-hmm. But now, like in a sense, technically the pandemic is over. Uh, it's not the same as before. Things have changed. We've seen new lights and stuff. But we need to be able to go out and do things. Don't do things by yourself. You're not alone. Do it with a group of friends. Do it with a group of people or whatever. Do what you got to do to get out of the house. Yeah. Another thing is also, I I think a lot of people, this goes hand in hand with the comfort zone thing. A lot of people tend to not want to do things by themselves. So understandable doing something by yourself, meaning like, I don't know, join like a group or do a group activity with people you don't know yet. Right. Like, oh, yeah, a, that, that, I see what you mean. Yeah. There's that, a bunch yeah. of things like that. I mean, you know, you, there's like these, uh, what do they call it? I think they're like charter things for like traveling. If you have the money, you want to travel, but you can't travel with someone, you could join like one of those charter groups and you go with a bunch of people that, you know, it's obviously it's a legit company that, that does everything for you. Then oh, you yeah. have other we don't things like, yes. <laughs> then there's other things like concerts, festivals, you know, going to places where there are people there are like-minded people that share the same, um, yeah, do your solo travelings. Yeah. Do the same interests as you. Right. 
So when, when you surround yourself with those people, then it's, it becomes that much easier because you already have that thing that you have, that you like, right? You have that thing in common and then you build off of that. Mm. But, um, yeah. if, if anyone wants to look further into, uh, the entire framework that the, uh, Surgeon General put out, there's six pillars and like each one tackles a different subject, everything from like public health. Website. Uh, yeah. So I'm right now, what I'm referencing is CNN health. CNN Health has the entire thing broken out. Right, stuff I'm just like typing it in. Social infrastructure and communities to public policies, public health, um, reforming digital environments, everything you can think of to kind of get try and get people to connect on a better level. So yeah, CNN Health, uh just type in Surgeon General CNN and the full article comes up. Um, it just got released this morning at nine at nine o'clock, and uh, like I said, it it breaks out every single thing very detailed. So definitely go check that out if it uh, if it tickles your fancy. Yeah. So moving on to another thing that is definitely gonna rock, um, at least the pop culture world for a little while. So the Writers Guild has gone on strike in Hollywood. So. This has happened, I believe, one other big time, right? In in 2007. Cool. 2007, 2008. Yeah. yeah. That was massive because we had issues in TV shows. I was like, you, you could see a lot of like, you know, the fan favorite shows. That was one of the weakest seasons out there because they had, you know, scabbers come in and, and fill in wherever they could. So yeah. it's, it's not awesome or this is going to affect a lot of things that we that we uh especially watch. live shows yes but um so the writers guild of america's contract negotiations with the alliance of motor motion picture and television producers has unleashed a torrent of emotion not singing hollywood union members since 2007 the strike promises to bring even more upheaval to a marketplace that is already grappling with the fallout from technological disruption and still rebuilding from the pandemic. So this is uh, reported on by, by Variety. It's something that's been building and building. Um, you know, unfortunately, it's just going to be like, it, it's it's going to be a huge deal. It's not going to be fun. It's This has happened before. It lasts typically about a year. Hopefully they'll enter into these negotiations a little quicker. Um, I yep. know a, a couple of different late night people have already kind of um, sided with the writers, like sided with them going on strike. I know Jimmy Fallon had said something about it. I think Seth Meyers also. Yes, I just peeped that. But yeah, so right now we're talking about shows that are shutting down, like late night comedy stuff, Saturday Night Live. The major networks are worried because Pickett's crashing upfront advertising presentation scheduled to be held in new york this month uh okay we don't really care too much about that but <laughs> apparently the guild has accused major studios and streamers of handicapping their own industry through unrestrained spending on content to build up streaming platforms so instead of instead of putting more money yeah so instead of putting more money behind the writers and creators of shows movies what have you they're putting money into marketing and shoveling out anything they can i've been complaining forever about this it's specifically netflix because 
this it starts with the little thing of and i said it before but if for those who don't don't are catching up now or are hearing me say this for the first time netflix would grab stuff and slap on the title original netflix original on things that yeah. wasn't really there so it doesn't really give room for people like of color uh to or anyone that's at the bottom trying to get into the industry you're just not giving them these jobs that they they want they and again i i that's one of the reasons why i, I kind of talk smack about hollywood because they're not about the freshness of it and this forces people and mind you this is specifically in the united states this is not like out of the country this is this is only here i believe mm -hmm. right am i wrong am i no that's just here yeah, it's just here. So that's why I, I can only imagine a lot of these people are just leaving the country or getting jobs outside the country, specifically when it comes to uh, these uh, this industry, to get the, this job. The only like, and it's I don't want to say silver lining, you know, right there. The, I would say just a very very small silver lining is people that love these shows, um, they're gonna pivot to online, and online is usually where it's at. You know, when it comes to certain streaming stuff um, or just YouTube, mm -hmm. uh, just looking at original content from just the people, just the content creators. Unfortunately, I, I don't want to say influencers. But I was, I'd rather say content. Influencers are a different breed. Content creators. That's where I'm going to keep it at. Mm -hmm. They're going to get a lot of attention. I would hope <laughs> they look at our stuff and enjoy what we have to say and brighten their day. But um, yeah, dude. Yeah, I remember 2007 uh, when that happened. All I and I was young, but I was still relatively aware of like, wow, this season is short. Like I knew there was a writer strike. Yep. And then I realized what happens when a writer strike happens. The season gets shorter. Um, and I remember when Heroes was at its peak. Yep. And because of that, it dipped. So stuff like that can happen. A lot of people are like, oh, what happened to Heroes? The writer strike. If it wasn't for that, I'm sure Heroes would have been one of those talk about shows to the end of time but it's one of those things that gets forgotten in the in the past you know yeah you just you know unfortunately like you said stuff like heroes things that are at their peak or reaching a stride during this time frame they get shut down because of the lack of interest now like you know the the writing suffers acting suffers the show suffers so now networks don't want to carry it they don't want to put money behind it so you know that it, it inevitably inevitably mm -hmm. spells out disaster you know and cancellation nowadays that window that you have is even smaller especially when talking about streaming you know we talk about all the time netflix canceling everything after one season like you almost have no time to leave an impact right so and now more than ever it's the almighty dollar because streaming platforms remember um they're Bread and butter is the subscription, right? Now with the advent of like more ads on streaming platforms, you know, and the ability to opt out of the ad, right? It, it's a whole new environment because before mm -hmm. they would just get money straight from the subscription. Now with Hulu, Peacock, and I think Paramount, they all have ad supported options as well as Netflix's new ad supported option. You know, that's already in play, by the way. Netflix, no, not yet. Okay, um, not yet. Okay. But, you know, th all these things like where they can get even more money. Now there's another, there's another party involved with those situations. So 
if Netflix starts to do really bad and advertisers start pulling from shows, like, now what are you going to do? You're going to listen to the people who are giving you money. So, you know, it. this entire landscape is constantly changing. And within the last three years, it's been really complex. So, you know, with this strike, we're talking about, like, uh, TV production is probably going to come to, like, a halt. Right, like we're mm-hmm. gonna we're gonna see it really big in the live stuff. So everything yes. from daytime like TV, so like your your Good Morning Americas and stuff like that, all the way to the late night stuff like I mentioned before, uh, Jimmy Fallon, uh, Drew Barrymore show, John Oliver, Kelly Clarkson, like mm. anything you can imagine, right? They're gonna start to re uh, revert to reruns because yeah. they're not gonna have anyone in studio to help build content. And then after that, we'll start to see stuff like the bigger shows, maybe like primetime stuff. We'll start to see it there. Episodes getting writing, getting weaker. Um, obviously not right now, just because all that stuff is pre uh, pre filmed. Yeah, it's it's done. Yeah. So whatever seasons are finishing, like we're, we're, you're going to be fine. It's going to be the next season that's going to get hit. We're going to see delays. We're going to see really crappy quality. You know, things are going to change within the next six to eight months. And, uh, you know, people are going to feel it and you feel that at every level. And like Jay said, it'll push people to find entertainment elsewhere. Same thing happened in the pandemic when new things couldn't be happening. Um, people found more content creators, more streaming opportunities. Twitch became a bigger deal than it already was. Right. So, you know, they had the, like the NBA Twitch league or whatever it was called where they mm. were just playing basketball games via Twitch. And people were watching it like it was a real game because they had nothing else, right? So we'll start to see some things like that unfold, I'm sure, again. Maybe not to the same uh, level, but it'll be similar. Yeah. Um, My last thing on that is, um, you know, working in the industry is, is a dream for a lot of people, even myself. But as the days go on, I, and I say this, I've said it many times in, in this show. For any of your, you creators out there, artists, just do your own thing. Just keep doing, I'm doing my own thing. Until that, it, like, you know, the, the stuff that you create that comes out of your head is your property. People will pay you lots of money for that. Because, you know, if you side with a network, you know, in our last episode, we talked about Olin Rogers getting his, his final chance to, write to write um the last saga of his of his show that's not really going to be a show it's going to be a it's going to be a graphic novel um if you weren't part of a an industry like that you could have been just telling the story if you can afford animation hire someone to animate your thing and you write the story if i had jeff bezos money i would not be you know building phallic spaceships i'd be writing stories So, oh, I can't hear you, sir. Oh, there we go. I said, if you had that money, maybe you could do both. Oh, yeah, that is true. That is true. (laughs) But my focus would be on my my craft. And then I'll build a spaceship and leave this planet when it starts to catch fire. (laughs) You know, I'll bring my favorite people. Of course, you'd be on it. The the missus, your missus, our closest. You know, I shouldn't just start dropping names because people are going to be left out. People (laughs) People that I love. And this like, is the this is the new MySpace like 
top eight. It's who you bring <laughs> with you. It's who you bring with you on your on your spaceship when the Earth blows up. <laughs> so, yeah. Moving along, uh, talking about development and movies, uh, Dodgeball. You've heard that right. Dodgeball, the 2004 cinema classic brought to you by Ben Stiller and Vince Vaughn, has been officially declared in sequel development. So we heard some chatter last year. Um, It definitely was last year with Justin Long in an interview talking about how Dodgeball's sequel is like, it's there just waiting on Ben Stiller's approval. But B- Deadline broke the news on the 28th saying that it is in production with Vince Vaughn in- attached to the project. Um, I have a feeling that uh, Ben Stiller, with, and he, he has this with a, a decent amount of his projects, he has like the rights to it. So like they can't touch it without him being involved. So I have to imagine that Ben Stiller is also going to be attached, you know? Yeah, you need that energy. You got to own your stuff so people can't just do things without you. Yeah. So, which is great, you know? So, Vaughn is attached to development. I'm sure he's going to write, produce, whatever. Currently, Vince Vaughn is the only one confirmed to reprise his role. But um, you need something like, you need Ben Stiller. You can't have Dodgeball without Ben Stiller. Um, You know, at the end of Dodgeball, we got to see Ben Stiller, like, his character all fat again. So, maybe that adds a whole new dynamic to the next thing. Maybe it takes place right after. Maybe it'll take this like twenty year leap where it'll take place later on. Who knows? No. But that is a thing. I enjoyed seeing that in the news, so I was like, "Hey, I wanted to let everyone." Yeah, know. I thought I was stoked for it. I wish so, I saw it when people just like a little side note. I wish I saw it when it came out because it was at a time where, and I hate saying this, but my dad never like let me watch PG thirteen movies, so yeah. everyone was all my my friends were in on it, and I was like, "Yeah," and so all I could do is reference the trailer yeah. <laughs> scenes. Um. I did watch it eventually, but it's just like when I finally watch it, it's just like no one cares about it. It was past was the, like, the prime. Yeah, it was past. Yeah, I was like, I, I think I watched it in high school or college, and I was like, oh, I get why people like it, but I can't really share that enthusiasm yeah. enthusiasm with anyone. But yeah, um, I'm stoked for it. Uh, I hope it holds up. That, that's all that that matters, really. Yeah, I hope they do it justice, and I mean, I'm sure the whole like you know it being ready to go and Ben Stiller just needing to give his approval kind of speaks to that. Right. Cause you know, he doesn't want to tarnish anything that's, that is beloved. Right. We, I mean, we've seen it before. Like, I mean, the thing that comes to mind right now is, is Anchorman, right? Anchorman one classic for the time, right? It's fun. If you saw it, then I'm sure the new age now, if they saw it, they'd be like, this isn't funny, but you know, when they did Anchorman 2, it felt so, like... It, it was wacky, weird. Yeah, it felt really, like, slapped together. It didn't have the same charm that the original had. So, same thing with Dodgeball. Dodgeball has a lot of stupid, funny charm that was perfect for that time period, right? Mm-hmm. So, can they mimic something like that again? Using now, like, humor from today. That's hard. That's yeah. a very hard thing to do. So I can understand the hesitation to touch a property like that. Um, speaking or just about do something original, yeah, or do something original mm-hmm. for once. Speaking about touching and tarnishing a classic property, uh, Peter Pan and Wendy has been getting just slammed 
in reviews. Like I was really hoping I haven't seen it. I was hoping that you might have seen it and no, I was I not expecting this news, but so I have not seen it, unfortunately, and this doesn't make me want to see it. Um, you know, we had spoke about when the trailer dropped, there was a couple of things I was a little hesitant for, but I was going to give it a shot. I'll still give it a shot, but I'm not mm. running to go see it. The silver lining is um, Captain Hook. Every single publication, every review that I've been seeing has said the movie is garbage, but Jude Law's Captain Hook is phenomenal. So that alone, so carrying, carrying the team. Yeah, that alone makes me want to watch it. And it's Jude Law. It's it's Dumbledore. Yeah, it's Jude to the law. So apparently, some of the things that have been kind of uh, thrown around, I guess, is that it was too dark of a remake. Like, whereas the ingredients kind of made it feel like young adult, right? little dark you know you had the the classic elements of well, the lost boys dark? i i don't know uh, like i i can't imagine it would be that like like <laughs> teenage drama dark you know yeah. but uh it was either that you got that or euphoria <laughs> so it's like it was dark in the fact that like apparently the movie itself just wasn't fun right you have to remember Peter Pan is supposed to be a fun thing. It's kids going to this land to make believe, you know, Captain Hook is the bad guy, but he's kind of like, you know, the evil stepdad making you go to your room. Like these, these elements can be kind of like darkened, right? For a more modern gritty take. Yeah. But at the same time, it needs to be fun. You need to root for Peter yeah, Pan. Some lightness to it. Yeah. yeah you, you know, there, there are fairies and stuff like that. So it, it needs to have, the the fun at its core and that's something that is just not it, it's not happening here unfortunately yeah you like know? outside outside the disney like if you look past disney's animation you talking about like peter pan outside the disney property it was always fun mm -hmm. so i can imagine it's weird that a lot of people are saying this was dark so it's like again you know you know what started it all it was the dark night if, if it's ain't dark it ain't you don't want it so we can't give the people what they want, you know? No one wants dark. You want to have, you just got to find that right balance. The fact that they crept, they lean towards darkness, thinking it's going to be some sort of Twilight thing or Hunger Games. I don't know what the, again, I so haven't seen the movie. The, it looks the like that's what they're trying to capture. Yeah, the comparisons is like, it's dark in a way like the Hunger Games or something where it shouldn't be. And it's not necessarily, you know, that young adult, uh, like romance drama in it. There's really none yeah. of that, but it is really much like, it's just too dark. Apparently Captain Hook, while Jude Law's portrayal was great, he is also like scary for a younger audience. So mm. that, that right there is pretty harsh because Peter Pan is supposed to be a children's property. So well, that if makes me think now, these people that are reviewing it, are they reviewing it from the lens of, oh, this is not good for kids, but did, did I like it? Now that's, that's my question now. Like, can an adult watch this and be like, this is dope. Like, is this mm -hmm. a stranger things kind of a thing? You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So that like, I, now I'm curious to watch it yeah. and see what their perspective is. Cause I can sit there and actually like it and be like, no, wait, this is dope, but kids should mm -hmm. not be watching this. Yeah. So, you know, a thing is like, it, it's too scary for, for young viewers or it's scary 
for young viewers, but then for anyone over the age of like 11, it's bland, right? And then now mm. you're limiting your space, right? Mm. Because if, if you have this dark, gritty, modern take, but it's not dark and gritty to anyone else besides, you know, young kids, that's, yeah, you're, that's, that, you're, that's not coming off good at all, you know? Yeah. So, and apparently, um, the only times that it's original or has original takes is like halfway through the movie, which is a long time to ask someone to, to stay con- like latched on before anything cool happens. Um, and it's in the casting work. So we already saw Tinkerbell, right? Tinkerbell's mm. black. We got to see the, oh, and we saw the Lost Boys. In this iteration, the Lost Boys are. You know, we have some girls in there as well. Then we have some some kids with disabilities. We they run the spectrum of representation, which is fantastic. And then we also have Tiger Lily, who is actually a Native American. We have someone like she she's playing more of a warrior princess vibes uh, role rather than just you know eye candy, which is what Tiger Lily right. typically was. Um, so it's unfortunate. With how, I guess, the style that they were going for mixed with this traditional aspect of the of the story just didn't work with how they how they brought it together. You know, mm. they wanted it to be something that it wasn't, and I think a lot of that came from the casting because Peter Pan looks way too young, like right off the bat. He, he looks, looks way too young. Yeah. So, you know, with him looking young. With everything being too kitty and not dark enough to grab more viewers, like that's a big deal. And I and I know there's ways to do it, right? Like you know they didn't want to go campy and um, do something like Hook, right, with Robin Williams, where it's supposed to be a story, you know, for the full family because we get Peter Pan as he's older, but it is like campy, colorful. Um, we did have just Dustin Hoffman's amazing portrayal of Hook in there. But there's something mm-hmm. for everyone, whereas this movie, it feels like maybe there's only things for kids. And in the marketing and in the actual cinematography, it feels like it sh- it's kind of like punching up. It feels like it's hitting above its weight class and it's missing magnificently. It's, it, it, you slap, like again, you slap Dark Knight Sheen onto a, on a Peter Pan, Peter Pan uh, movie. Or yes. Thing. So, yep. So that was a and little bit of a talk about that too with the, its dark tones. Like yep. it, it came across cool, but then it's like now that with all the reviews, it, now we're looking at again. We haven't seen it. Um, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to put my. I'm gonna have to actually sit down and watch this. Like yeah, I gotta. I gotta same. Do that. Um. Okay. So sticking with the house of mouth mouse really quickly, we just want to give MCU a shout out because a nice honorable mention. 15 years of the Marvel Cinematic Ooh, Universe. It's almost an adult. It's almost an adult. It's still in high school. Maybe it's smoked weed, but we don't know yet. But it it's kind of did though. <laughs> it is 15 years old, which is insane to think about. Insane because 2008 was Iron Man 1, right? Sophomore and to, year. We just we grew up with it, man. We grew up with it. It's so crazy to really think about it and to see someone, you know, there's been misses. There have been even recently. There's been some major misses. But for like for the misses that it has, the overall greatness, I think, 
definitely outweighs it. Seeing yes. Kevin Feige Helm, you know, being the the guy at the top, right, helming this entire franchise, like and pushing it forward with all these different directors, writers, cast members, like all of this, like variety, you know, over the mm-hmm. past fifteen years, it is a great feat. Like there's nothing in the cinematic nothing, world. You could say nothing, nothing could. And then the thing is, with all the franchises that are trying to emulate it fail, again, I will always side with the, the, the product of DC, but WB just messed it up. They, 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 they fell face first. A lot of the monster universe. But you know who, you know who's still holding on, surprisingly? Two franchises, Mission Impossible and Fast Period, Fast Franchise. But well, wait, I, look at look at how the dips in those franchises. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so they did have their dips, but it was never because for the longest, it's like now MCU stuff is starting to take some. Dips. Yes. It's yes. now that it's happening. For the longest time, it's just been a straight up for the te- for, remember the ten year anniversary when they took the oh, picture yeah. and all the. Yeah, that was still they were still going up. Yeah, it went. I mean, that was when we first. That's when we first heard about like Blade and stuff like that. Like, yeah, those those projects, and then we heard about like Natalie Portman coming back. We, you know, uh, Mahershala Ali came out for Blade. Um, Shang Chi was happening. Like there was like we were still riding the roller coaster up. You know, Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. it was like you said, it was still climbing. It's it's still again, it's a good feat. They've had their misses. They're having their little lows. But the thing is, they're having their lows now. And, you know, they they have breathing room, unlike other franchises don't have that breathing room. Um, but hopefully they don't hold, you know, <laughs> use up all their breathing room. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, they also have, they have such a massive fan base that they've built over these 15 years. Um, you know, they've converted comic uh, fans into moviegoers and vice versa, right? Mm-hmm. So they they yeah. are you know the MCU is largely responsible for the advent of the superhero right that like, and um creating uh making nerds cool yeah they were always so, cool don't get me wrong but nerds geek they, they, all that stuff they're cool now like you can't yeah they, I mean they everyone brought, could talk about like hey who's your favorite Marvel like. I get that question all the time. Who's it? Do you like DC or Marvel? Yeah. Obviously, my answer is I like everything, but we always get those questions. And it's like, no one would ask that back in the day. No. Yeah. Well, now, back in our- well, now it's, you know, it's a part of the zeitgeist. If you haven't seen the Marvel movies, if you don't know what's going on, then you're, you're out of the loop. And it's that. And it's usually the old heads, like people like, people like my parents, mm-hmm. like they're not, like I forced my dad to see, um, Avengers one because yeah. I was like you can't be like you cannot miss this this is like yeah. a, a movie event but um it's not his thing that's the yeah. thing he's the classic like he loves his westerns he loves he doesn't like Star Wars but he likes John Williams like he's aware of all those like those mm-hmm. are his movies yeah like those those are what I call those are your dad's movies if in a sense <laughs> yeah well my dad is older than your dad but you get what I mean um but yeah like we're gonna be those we're gonna be that at one point in time like yeah, yeah you never saw iron man one <laughs> yeah no absolutely <laughs> um 
but yeah, it, you know, it, it's crazy to think and it's crazy to see um, how far comic book culture has come in these 15 years, right? So, yeah. like I said, I, I think MCU is responsible for bringing superheroes and that superhero talk to the zeitgeist, making people aware of these incredible stories that have existed for decades, right? So, yeah. you know, Kevin Feige and Marvel, right? They They've They've done things that no one else has been able to do before and, you know, things that people to this day cannot replicate, right? They just can't replicate the magic that Marvel had. And I'm sure at some point someone will be able to crack the formula and all that. But for now, you know, Marvel remains king. It is what it is. There's not, there's no other company, franchise, anything like that. Godzilla. No, I'm just playing. There's, uh, there's nothing else that comes close right even dc with all this stuff it just it doesn't have the same quality doesn't have the same pizzazz the same charm same storytelling um you know but i'll and say this though they're gonna TV, be going up yeah trust me well dc is definitely gonna be coming up now with uh james gunn at the helm but um yeah you know and marvel's also had its hand in tv or streaming whatever you want to call it and they've been killing it there too for the most part there have been misses but um but yeah I so, wouldn't count Shield as a miss, though. So that's just a me no, thing. I'm no. the only one in on the planet that likes <laughs> Shield. But um, happy birthday to Marvel! Thanks. So, jumping across the river sticks here, we're going into DC. Um, now one thing that is, I feel, a pretty massive MMO for DC is um, Jason Momoa wrote his own Aquaman two treatment. Apparently, um, it yeah. got shelved immediately, but it was a 50 page treatment that was going to be, um, Aquaman and Lost Kingdom. And it dealt with climate change as the villain. To me, this could have been an opportunity, uh, for like an Aquaman Captain Planet kind of deal. Yeah. You know what it is? It's too preachy. Look, I'm all down for it, but in their heads, it's too preachy. Yeah. You think that that's that because think about it. Like there was a movie with uh, Gerard Butler. I forget what the name. I think I forget the name of the title, but I remember the entire in this movie, the entire planet was just being destroyed because of climate change. Mm-hmm. The movie was not going to win any Oscars whatsoever, but it was never going to do well because first of all, it's just one of those. Again, it's one of those movies that doesn't have love into it. Then you're yeah. trying to be preachy about something about climate change, which is to the extreme, no one's going to care about that. Now, this, it would only work because it's Jason Momoa's Aquaman. It's one of those big properties. Yeah. But I think in the suits, depending on when he pitched this to them, they probably saw him and was like, it's too preachy. This, it it would have been a dope idea. It's such a missed opportunity. Or they could have used some of, of his ideas. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, this this comes from a... There's two sources here. So, uh, Momoa's interview with Variety and his interview with Men's Health. So, mm-hmm. I, it just seems pretty crazy. You know, there was things like, um, apparently it was going to be dealing with like the UN, dealing with uh, the melting of ice caps. It, it was, he said, uh, Momoa said to Variety that there's no far off galaxy coming to destroy us or aliens from another place. It's us ruining our planet. We need to get it together and save our home. 
So that was the basis of his treatment, which I mean, think about like a savage Aquaman coming after the human race, right? It would have been, and no, and if you went that route, it would have been cool. I think I could have seen this. You could, like, if I was a suit sitting there, you, you got me sold again because I'm open to freshness. There's not a lot of people mm-hmm. like that. I would have been dope. With, like, that sounds really cool. Like, hey, it's not all about aliens and Thanos and snapping of the you have it's like yo we are on a threat right now and no one cares and now you know, to see a savage aquaman like next to like greta thunberg poof she's holding a tri- <laughs> I would, she needs to be in that movie <laughs> he saves greta thunberg and, and like, then she becomes like trying it. yeah it's like here hold my hold my lance my lance or my spear and then she just grabs oh it, and then she just starts zapping all the UN members that are making these promises. Okay, now we're talking about, like, a B-movie parody, but yes, sure. <laughs> I guess. Well, it's like kind of like when Don Cheeto was Captain Planet. We just have Greta Thunberg as Aquaman. She takes the title Aquaman. No Aquawoman, she's just Aquaman. Aquaman. <laughs> and then she's just zapping everyone into, like, oxygen or something. I don't know. She'll, she'll figure it out. So... Um, another thing that kind of wraps up a lot of what you were saying too, with like the suits having like this big thing, uh, this big hand in it. Um, so from Jason Momoa, when he was talking to men's health, it's not that I don't care about Aquaman. It's a wonderful character. Aquaman is probably the hardest character in comic book history. He's made fun of and ridiculed, but I tried to give it my heart and soul. I'm proud of it in certain ways. Do I feel pressure for the sequel to do well? No. All I can do is give it my all, but it's in a lot of other people's hands. So right then and there, that's you know something that me and Jay talk about all the time. The suits have their hands in the property. You know, they want to just pander and shovel the cool alien crazy big plots instead of giving a movie that could do both, right? It could have superhero aspect of Jason Momoa's Aquaman and doing cool stuff and at the same time having a theme of like you know it's up to us to make our planet better and this is this is something where I think it could have been awesome to see this crazy jacked angry Aquaman and he's doing all he can to like literally save the world yeah or you could have given me like um kind of like in Black Panther 1 you see how like uh T'Challa was always like, we have to stay here for our own people. Again, like Atlantis. Mm-hmm. Um, and mind you, if you, if you, for anyone that have seen it, he, uh, Arthur Curry, uh, Aquaman just became king of Atlantis. He's probably like, I'm here to protect my own, but like, honestly, they're, you know, humans are ruining our planet mm-hmm. because of climate change. It releases this king. Because I believe the king is supposed to be this, the old king is the villain. I forget. I read that run in the New 52. I don't know if that's one of the villains or it's the those creatures. So then that could still tie into that, as you're saying. Yeah. And then at the end of the movie, he's like, he goes up and he is part of the UN now. He's like, yo, we got to do this or I'm going to wage war. Like, And just give me that. And because the series technically is ending in the Snyderverse, you cap it at that. Give me that. No, don't give me a cliffhanger. Just be like, yo, I'm part um, we're fixing Earth or what? And just end it. That would be the end of the movie. Like, Jason Momoa knows what he's doing. But again, he's not, again, I love him to death, but he's not up there with a lot of like, A-listers in a yeah. sense. 
So he's the type that like, oh, I wrote something like, ah, he's an actor. He doesn't know what he's writing. Like, it's one of those things like I could imagine them saying that. Yeah. And it sucks that I think that they would think that way because I could be wrong, but there's always that high possibility that they, they do. Yeah. Like and they're not actually that. giving him a real shot. Like, yeah, it's such yeah. a missed opportunity. It is. And, uh, I mean, imagine an ending where like, let's say like, let's say they double down. Mm. And they just go, you know what, Aquaman, we're not going to do what you say, like the, you know, whatever government board. And he's like, okay, so then I rule. And then he takes over the planet and just makes it better, right? But he's like this tyrannical dictator. Like, and, and to your point. It's something we've never seen before. Again, it, it doesn't hurt the continuity. It's just, if you're ending the Snyderverse, this is it. And then it's like, it would be a injustice Superman, but instead of Superman, it's Aquaman. Exactly. And that's what I'm saying, right? Like they could double down and like make some crazy decisions because it's ending. Like it doesn't matter. None of these decisions are going to have lasting consequences moving forward. So why not? Why not do something like that to kind of like end it on a note that we've never seen before? Right. Those are the things that get people to, to, to look right. They're like, so, whoa, like it, that, that ending right there would be like very divisive. Why? Why did they do this? Blah, exactly. Blah, blah. But to be honest, there is a Jason Gunn franchise going to happen on Jason Gunn, James Gunn franchise that's yeah. going to happen. So we can do whatever we want. Freshness is cool. Why? Why we gotta give it an ending that might be a cliffhanger? <laughs> and that's what I feel like is going to happen. Like when we knew this was getting rebooted or re whatever. What's the point of seeing Aquaman? I know I or Shazam. I know we have to see Flash, but what's the point of seeing Aquaman or Shazam? Because they, there's no consequences. Yeah. And to get butts in the seats, you know, screw it. They could have just done some reshoots and been like, hey, let's let's do it really crazy. Because why not, right? All, all this is, they're only releasing these movies to mitigate losses. That's what it is. Oh, 100%. And again, then you, again you hit it there. Yeah. Yeah. Capitalism. So why? Because so, why not? So why not do something crazy? But I digress. Speaking about something crazy, we got a teaser trailer for Peacock's Twisted Metal TV series based off of the beloved, uh, I guess, racing combat combat racing uh, video game series. That sounds, yeah. Right. Um. So ten episodes will premiere on July twenty seventh. The lead star will be Anthony Mackie, um, you know, Falcon, now Captain America. Um, and if you saw the tr- the teaser at the very end, we got a quick glimpse of a fan favorite character, Sweet Tooth, um, and his iconic ice cream truck. So, you know, it's it's very much a Mad Max, like a uh, post-apocalyptic world in this like you know, cars are souped up with guns and everyone's kind of crazy. It looks like we're gonna be following Anthony Mackie as he traverses the wasteland, and I'm sure we'll get some like crazy racing combat stuff, um, as well as like all the which we call it, the video game characters that we've seen throughout the series. So we're apparently gonna have a couple of cool stars, which I didn't even know. Um Stephanie Beatrice, who was uh Rosa Diaz in Brooklyn Nine Nine, as well as the title character of Maribel in Encanto. Encanto. So there's that. We're also going to have Will Arnett 
fan favorite character from everything from Arrested Development to Lego Batman, Batman. and uh, BoJack Horseman. So uh, we're gonna have a lot. I'm about it. I'm it's it's it. there's nothing yet that has really been released. We saw this teaser. I think it did the job, the perfect job of a teaser. It's like thirty or forty seconds long, and all it is is shows you, you know, the big wasteland. Shows you Anthony Mackie getting in his car. He loads up some bullets. You see guns going off at the top, and then at the very end, with the title "Twisted Metal," we get a glimpse of Sweet Tooth in the ice cream truck. And perfect. That's a teaser trailer. It gives me the environment, two characters, one that we're familiar with, one that we're not, and you know, you could build your own opinions off of that. There's no, there were no questions or things where i was like what is happening you know yeah. it, it only made me want to see more so moving on to our next trailer sticking with the racing motif um we got to see the first trailer for the gran turismo movie so couple so now this has given me a question of like what is happening mm. i would i would like to say I'm probably on the opposite, but go ahead. I so, hear this. so the entire the entire thing, I think they did very well, and I'll tell you why I have the question that I have. So, mm. you know, it, it was what we had mentioned before. It's the video game and the yeah. When one? you told me that, I was a little thrown by it, but seeing the trailer made me think different. But go ahead. Yeah, and yeah, I think they did a great job at um, bridging the gap between the two. Right, having the video game come into the real life. Um, so, for those who didn't see it. It follows a like pro gamer, pro Gran Turismo gamer, who actually gets a shot at becoming a real race car driver. I think, I guess, Gran Turismo driver, right? So, yeah. um, it, you know, he ends up like going pro. He has to race against real drivers. The drivers hate him. Like, you know, there's it's kind of like that. Uh, it's the chosen one co- complex, right? Like he he's really good at something. He puts in all his work. It pays off because he gets to where he wants to be. And then he has that friction with other people who think that don't that he shouldn't be there. So yeah. it, it's when you look at the the framework, it's a pretty uh, simple concept. The cinematography looks awesome. It, it does look like that very high high octane racing that we were actually talking about last week that you wanted to see, Jay. And I, I mm. think it's going to be dope. Um, yeah. You know, the, just from the trailer, the comparisons to Top Gun seem like very fair. Like what mm-hmm. I'm seeing, at least the camera work when they're in the the actual cars. So yeah. now the one thing that made me raise my eyebrow is that it said it was based on true events. And yeah, that like I think again that's when I that's was a kid. Gives when me I, a, I, that gives me a question. I'm like, who freaking went from a video I, game to a racer? Who got this? But that's the thing. That's the thing. When I was younger, I used to think based on a true story and based on true events are two different things. But then yes. either or is just taking liberties on certain things. Obviously, this is one stretch truth out of nowhere. Like, I'm sure it's not to that extent where you're like a video, like you're playing Call of Duty. Now you're in the army. Like, it's not like that. But this but, is what I'm saying. It says based on a true story. Like, I think it, I think it says this like, happened. Was the true story or based on true events? So I said, I'm looking at the, the poster right now. It says yeah. based on a true story. Yeah. So I could assume something along the lines, which I'm going to look it up. I don't mm-hmm. think is that close in that sense. This is watching this trailer makes me like, oh, this is still fictionalized, but I'm when I saw that in the trailer, I was like, I wonder what the true story is. Because again, it's just based off of, because it's not like to the T where someone was doing it. But the realism I love about this is 
as you described, the chosen one and being the one that sticks out, they did put in the, 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 they grounded it by saying like, no, these nerds need to work out. Yeah. They, in the trailer, yeah. they show this montage that they went through working out. Again, what's annoying about this trailer is just too long. Cause I just saw the it whole was, movie. Yeah. It was very um, long. Cause now that I'm telling it to you, I felt like I just saw this movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they, first of all, I give it a thumbs down because Digimon Hansu is not a main character. So he needs to be, a, he needs to lead his own movie. That's all I ask. He's such a good actor. I mean, you could say that he led Blood Diamond. He's the main character. Again, it's Leonardo. They're, Leonardo's face is what matters in that movie. That's the, I, I, don't get me wrong. I lo- it's Leonardo DiCaprio. It's a blue-eyed white man. Like, come on. Give me, no, like, give me Digimon Hansu in a Digimon Hansu movie. Don't put in Leonardo DiCaprio as the lead actor, right? You know what I mean? But anyway, I'm, I digress. I'm I get like what you're saying. Around. I get what you're saying. You're not wrong. But the, I love that they ground it by saying, no, they have to work out. Because I've always known in NASCAR, like, it's not just driving a car in circles. Mm-hmm. No, like, <laughs> you're freaking flying on wheels with booster rockets. So the fact that they even mentioned like you're this is how hot it is in the car blah 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 yep. they they I am happy that they they talked about it um or showed that again from what you said last week and then watching the trailer now I was like I'm actually interested I would like to see this movie I'm happy that the title makes sense to what what I saw yes. cuz like when I saw uh, Need for Speed with Aaron Paul I felt like someone said the words <laughs> need for speed in there just to say it that that like that's the title of the movie. He's put on his driving gloves and he has he's like, like I feel the like, need yeah. for speed. Yeah, I I have a feeling I have to watch that movie again just <laughs> bunch of quick cuts but, of him um, doing stuff and then the car takes yeah, off. <laughs> that's such a fast that's just a fast franchise trailer. Like yes. when you edit that. But um this makes sense because it's like in world, it's a game, but then it's also like a uh, it's it's one of those popular games supposedly. It's not like The Last of Us or um, Resistance. It's Gran Turismo is the most popular game, yeah. And um, and just seeing again, uh, the practical effects look dope. I assume there's a lot of practical effects. Um, the CGI of some certain stuff when you see him, like he's playing the he's actually driving, but then he starts to get this feeling like he was back yeah. in his room and all that. So I thought that was pretty cool. But again, I'm interested. I don't need to see another trailer. That's all I say. I mean, I also I'm like, yeah, more. definitely not. There's after this thing, there's no reason for it to have another trailer, but we will have Do we know right? when it's coming out. Um, August 11th. It's filmed, okay, in, filmed in IMAX, which is dope. So, I like that. This, this, like might, be, this might be one. Money. This might be one to to watch an IMAX. So one of the who is this guy? Um, producer or director? Uh, I can't. I can't find what he did. But um, here's a quote. Hold on about the cameras. So it really came down to creating something that would just be cool to watch on a large cinema screen. And for that, we doubled down on first person drone, first person view drones to carry IMAX sensor approved cameras. 
There's a ton of airborne high-speed drone work in the film and we utilize a pursue, uh, pursuit arm mounted to a high-speed vehicle. In this case, we actually mounted it to an R35 GTR, which could actually keep pace with a lot of GT3 cars in the film, which is like, if you're a car nerd, it's pretty nuts. But yeah, they built a bunch of custom rigs for cameras and stuff. They even uh, mounted a camera on uh like for the cockpit view that's the uh like you know the traditional view in the game they mounted a camera like where the driver's head would be so they would have the driver lay back all the way and they would mount the camera right there so you still got the the view of like the hands and everything and obviously the windshield it was pretty cool bro and that's dope because you know what's crazy stuff like there's only 12 imax cameras too so you break that you bought it because they don't they rent those really i didn't know that yeah there's not a lot of imax there's only 12 in the world that's pretty nuts so that's why do you think um nolan is always he got money <laughs> i i truly had no idea about that but that makes a lot of sense now that you say that but um but yeah i mean it seems really cool i don't want any more like you said because then we're just gonna get the entire movie um but yeah, everyone keep an eye out for it. August 11th, go check out the trailer. Um, very, very cool. Speaking about stuff that's in the theaters right now, Super Mario Bros. have jumped over the $1 billion mark in the global box office. It has become the 10th animated film to reach $1 billion. It took them only 26 days. Less than a month. That short runtime got them that money, though. Dude, that's crazy. Look, Less if than it, a if month. It, if getting them this money gives me a good sequel with better writing or better edits, rather, mm -hmm. I'm all for it. Oh, yeah. And giving my Super Smash Bros. movie. So listen to this. It also is the third Illumination film to earn $1 billion um, after Minions and Despicable Me 3. And it's the mm -hmm. seventh biggest universal film of all time. Universal. It's the seventh biggest universal film. It defeated Jurassic Park World Dominion, which I'm sure wasn't that hard, and the original Des Despicable Me. Pretty freaking nuts, man. The original Despicable Me. That's that's something. It's intense. You know, it's been it's been holding that number one box office spot for a while now too. So, mm -hmm. dude, it's it's bananas, bananas. Holding but, the number one spot. But yeah, like it was we thrown onto the interwebs. Oh yes, that's another thing too. It was it, the the full movie was downloaded on Twitter, uh, well uploaded into Twitter, and then watched by like millions of people. So even that didn't deter crossing the million the billion dollar goal, right? So you know it's it's wild to see Mario showing up in first place. Ah, I use baby <laughs> Mario, so I, I accept. But, so, um, yeah, so just a quick thing on that. So this, this information is from The Verge. Because of, like, Elon, Elon Musk's shenanigans, sorry we haven't updated you on, on the saga, but it's still there. But this is a little <laughs> yes, side, you know, sidebar on Elon, little E. Um, <laughs> because of him firing all these people on Twitter, there's no one watching the Internet. Well, specifically Twitter. So this was up since. April 20th. 
Today's the second. It was up that long? I mean, sorry, 28th, sorry. April 28th and has amassed 9.3 million boo- views. Boots. Views. <laughs> Boots. That's a lot. That's a and lot. That, and like you said, it did not stop them getting to a billion. Nuts, man. I'm sure Absolutely. those people that watched it saw the movie already. And look, people genuinely love it. it again, it's a, for me, I'm aware that it is for kids. I, I enjoyed the movie. Like, I remember sitting there, I enjoyed the movie. But yeah, I sat there with a smile on the entire time. And yeah, like you mentioned, exactly. Same. Like you mentioned uh, a little while ago, if this means we get another one and it only gets better, by all means, please do so. Because if this first iteration comes out swinging this hard, right? It's not a perfect 10, it's not a masterpiece, but it was enjoyable for people of all ages. Like, it was a good a good movie. Did it, you know, have some problems with pacing and it being too short? Yes. But if they could take that and the popularity and make something even better the next go around, absolutely. Come on. It's a no freaking brainer. And if this exactly. is the catalyst for the Super Smash Brothers, like we've been talking about, please, please let Give this be, let this be the next MCU, right? Let, like, take us on a 10 year journey where we get this. Where we get amazing characters. Just give it to me. No one, no, no one's saying no to this. Yeah, no, exactly. You know, whenever you know how whenever we're we're lining up a list here and we say who asked for this, we're asking for this. The internet (laughs) is asking for this. Every random photoshopped shoot, whatever, it they put it's gonna happen. We want it, give it to us, give me more. And we'll pay you. We will pay you for this. Like, yeah, like no one's a million dollars. <laughs> no one's torrenting this. Give it to me. Oh, but anyway, I got too aggressive there. <laughs> no, that's the right amount of aggressive was, aggress- aggressivity. Okay. Yes, yeah, that's a word. Aggressivity. So, Words are just sounds that come out of our mouths. So forget the dictionaries. Speaking of things that nobody asked for. ChatGPT has been modded into Skyrim and now gives NPCs a memory, so like they will remember conversations and actions in the game, and endless things to say. Okay. So, Skyrim modder Art from, I'm sorry, Art from the Machine. It's hard reading these words sometimes, guys. Yeah, it's okay has shown off a mod that they're working on that uses ChatGPT and other AI tools to give NPCs a memory of your adventure, endless things for them to say, and a way to ask them questions with your own voice. So this was originally reported by PC gamers. Um, This mod uses ChatGPT in concert with XVasynth for text-to-speech that lets NPCs speak with new answers and an AI version of their voice and whisper for text for speech to text so players can use their own voice via a mic to ask them questions. So this is so I, I put this on the document because it's interesting to see how chat chat GPT is being used for something other than you know scaring us. Um yeah. but at the same time the lineage of Skyrim. You know, it's this joke that Skyrim could get, you know, modded into any OS, right? They 
they put it on a freaking i think it was a samsung fridge and got it working mm-hmm. like they put it on so many different things and now it's gotten to a point where they're literally making it as intelligent as possible so now it's it's been modded to enough things so now this person's like you know what how can i make this a quote-unquote real experience so this it, it's very like free guy in a sense i was gonna say this this to me is like the beginnings of a ready player one right where things oh. are are almost limitless depending on you know what's being given to them like you're you're, you're introducing a true quote-unquote ai system to these make-believe characters you're giving them a memory you know you're giving so, these yeah, ones and history. zeros there's almost there's almost a genetic history being built in backwards and forwards yeah so like you know how like when we played the last of us 2 and they used to be like mike oh man you killed mike john is gonna be so upset yeah. that used to mess with my 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 mind now throw chat gbt into that i'm gonna actually feel those things even more because i'm like wait 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 they actually are feeling these these ones and zeros are feeling this yeah it's gonna be like if you log in a year from now right um mike's family has grown up and come to hunt you down because they remember what you did you know it's it's stuff like that that's like we're we're knocking on that door you know this is you know skyrim and what was the other one morrowind uh they're they're known for having these in-depth scripts and character arcs even for npcs you know there's they have their own complete lives and stories that play out with your game clock and all that stuff like red dead redemption gta to a lesser extent like all these big games um like with these worlds in them do typically have you know little side stories and stuff that you can find but now we're talking about interactivity so forget them running on a track doing this thing that they're programmed to now they're having quote-unquote real conversations with you because they remember all the things you've done they remember the interactions you've had with them uh, you know previously and they're going to continue to evolve to speak to you so it's just a, a crazy thing to think of um when combining these two types of technologies like where do video games go from here you know again this you. is we're knocking on the door of something really big i got two things to say mega man and the warrior i'm with that but i'm just gonna say one word because i don't want to go off on a crazy tangent we could bring this up in an after dark one day digimon oh, that's all yes. i have to say you know you, yeah you already know what i'm talking about yes. anyone listening you know what i mean digimon i would want a friend to go to distance with but that's all i'll say so it, it's you know this was more of like just an uh an honorable mention thing but check it out if this interests you if you've been following chat gpt um if you're a skyrim fan uh check it out you know P- like i said pc gamer and uh ign have the articles that that fully break down everything uh ign also has the video from the modder that kind of shows off what's happening but yeah they have full-on conversations they can describe different uh items to you and as they gather proper knowledge and you know as they gather more input they'll be able to have more complex conversations so (sighs) speaking of complex conversations yes we're gonna talk about star wars so the first one up very quick 
Um, as I'm going to talk about in the weekly wrap, I actually started playing Fortnite again. And it was before this news broke. But um, Star Wars is coming back to Fortnite. Um, if you've been a, a Fortnite fan, uh, every couple of seasons, chapters, whatever, they introduce different Star Wars uh, characters and, and, and plot lines. The last huge one we got um, Luke, Obi Wan, Darth Vader, Stormtroopers. We got uh, Obi Wan. We got Kenobi from the Kenobi series. Uh, oh, you know, nice. we, we we've gotten a bunch of them already. You know, we got lightsabers in the game. We had the ability to fight Stormtroopers and Darth Vader, uh, things like that. Now, Star Wars is coming back, and we're getting Anakin. Um, I don't know if there'll be an alternate customer yet. I haven't logged on today, but um, mm-hmm. it, it just it just dropped today, May second. But we're getting Anakin, and it looks like his Episode Three garb. You know, he has the the scar on his face, as well as like like that black Jedi garb. And then we have Padme, and she looks like the Episode Two um, version with the all white when she has the blaster. And mm-hmm. we're getting Darth Maul. So nice badass so there's skins that that can be purchased and there's an entire separate event where you can do quests and stuff like that um similar to like uh this season's quest line for aaron yeager from attack on titan which is also bananas because that's still going on so in game you can get the like the air gear equipment and like jump around and then on top Mm. of that if you have one of these skins you could be darth vader i mean you could be Darth Maul with the double lightsaber, and it looks like there's, uh, I guess it's a, it's another weapon that you could pick up. You'll be able to use the Force this time around. I saw Anakin do it, and he literally like blew out half a building with the Force. Wow! So go check it out. It's super fun. Um, you know, all these things are cosmetic. They're not part of the base uh, battle pass, but like I said, they do have a quest line where you can pick up some other stuff. But um, the skins themselves will have to be in-game purchases. But it looks really cool. Now, moving on to another Star Wars-related video game thing. We're talking about Star Wars Jedi. So, well, Star Wars Jedi Survivor, specifically. So, Star Wars Jedi Survivor um, just came out this past week. A new update rolled out yesterday, May 1st, for PC players because there was a slew of performance issues we're talking about it was bananas they actually they absolutely got slammed on twitter and steam um things that was just like uh performance issues for race ray tracing rendering so literally the game rendering out textures and characters and buildings and stuff like that just wasn't happening um we're talking about like game ending bugs performance issues that like literally locked you from playing the game so it was a massive update for the PC. Um, I don't think there's anything yet. Oh, no, today. I'm sorry. Today they issued the patch for PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X and S. Um, they are going to continue to work on future patches just to, you know, I guess, mitigate whatever bugs that they've come across and fix any, you know, any clashes crashes or glitches um but with that being said it's been getting a lot of amazing reviews things like you know the customization the story the lightsaber battling um the 
actual combat. Like all these things have been getting like crazy accolades front and back. Jay, I know that you have it. Did you get to mm-hmm. play? Oh, yeah. Okay. We'll talk so, about that. So later. we will talk. We will talk about that um, in, in the weekly wrap. But the updates coming to PlayStation and Xbox. If you guys haven't gotten it yet, it, fish, it fixes crash problems, um, crashes that were tied to skipping uh, cinematics, performance improvements, uh, cloth stuff, rendering stuff, uh, colors not not showing up. Neko disappearing from the stable. I don't know who that is. Cinematic, oh, I know who that is. cinematic dialogue overlapping, collision issues, um, enemy AIs uh, remaining in the T pose during like photo mode. That's pretty funny. Funny. Um, freezes. Uh, ver- uh, VF VFX not working properly. Um, and a an issue where players were getting stuck inside the chamber of duality. Wow. That's, that kind of sucks. So yeah, so those were like some of the big ones for the consoles. Um, but yeah, going forward, they're working on new patches that will address any and all bugs and crashes that are happening with that. We're done with the docket and we're going to roll into the weekly wrap. Jay, what have you been watching, reading or playing? All right, so let's, let's jump in head first. Um, head first into the concrete. Um, <laughs> uh, so, you know, I have my, I have, whenever it's nighttime, I have my little tsunami block. I, I remember I told you last week, I started, I threw uh, gargoyles in there. Watched, encourage. I watched a little bit. I encourage, yes. I watched, so I've, sometimes depending on how I feel, I'll watch, I love that they were still the, the OG 10 minute episodes. Um, so I watched some of that, uh, watched the third episode of, um, sorry, the fourth episode of Gargoyles. And I was like, wow, this still holds up. I was like the stuff that they say characters holding actual guns, not blasters or lasers. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like not saying that we need to see more guns now. Cause obviously the climate is not good for that. But just back then, like we understood that the cop held the gun it was like the the character was detective uh why am i forgetting her name she's the main character in gargoyles um and she's like (laughs) one of the good ones as we're gonna say (laughs) but i i remember when again i remember growing up loving gargoyles that was my thing um you know watching the ted lassos we'll talk about that when when that's done uh what else Watching my, I got back on my Ninja Turtles last week, so I'm like full force. I need to get back on Smallville though, because I'm missing out on the podcast. I was oh, actually ahead of them at one point. I dropped that a long time ago. Yeah, I, I know you did. You it. don't even bring it up. No. <laughs> uh, again, the only reason I got onto it so we could talk about. Yes, it, I but, know. I need to get um, back on. Last episode of One Piece, though. Whew, Crazy. Fire, fire. So the next episode is. Mm-hmm. So you're like behind. So in the next episode of this season, because you know how like they do the whole like adventure fights and then they, they, all the characters fight. And then you got like Sanji's, Zoro's, and then Luffy's major fight. Sanji's fight is coming up and then, and then Zoro's. So the Mm -hmm. last episode, Zoro had, because they always pump up the animation for this. Of course. Pump up the animation. Um, there's this countdown for some dope, like, the the final battle of uh, Luffy versus uh, Kaido, 
and because everyone, every manga uh, reader is like excited for this because it's like they know what happens, but they mm-hmm. want to see how dope it's going to be. Yeah, and I'm sure a lot of people have been spoiled online. I'm I'm surprised you haven't. Maybe you have, and you just don't realize it. But um, it's kind it's of that big like, guy, the like who kind of looks dragon. like a dragon. Well, he's yeah. he is the dragon, but the big guy as well when he transforms. Yeah. But dude, you just need to get up to this season and just then coast. Yeah, I, ju- I just need to, you know, freaking down another you know 300 episodes. No, <laughs> no, funny. So I saw this video, it came up on my feed. And it's not like a feed uh, that I'm following. You know how like on Instagram, it has like this follow. Yeah, so it's like it's a it's a feed that you're not it's not it's a, page it's a suggested. Yeah, suggested. So it came up and it says, yeah, a lot of people always talk about how One Piece takes forever to watch. So and he broke it down. I think at the time of his recording it was like a thousand and thirty one episodes. Okay. And he's he did the math. Ultimately, it came down to 17 days. So it's within a month. Oh so if you're watching God. it 24 hours. Yeah. Like- so you have to watch 24 hours. So that means like if you're just generally what like I'm talking about, obviously, you're sleeping. But let's say you're watching it, you can get through it. I was going to put in the comments saying, like, that's why you read it, because it's faster. Yeah. But um, for people that have no lives, and I'm not trying to, like, <laughs> poop on their lives, but you can do it. I mean, yeah, okay? you can definitely do it. It's it's not impossible. Like- no, no, but, like, if you're complaining because it's too long, I understand. That's fine. I'm not going to take that again. I'm not going to. If you don't want to watch it, you don't want to watch it. But if you're like, oh, yeah, but I want to. But no, if you want to, you put in the effort. And then you're going to be like, oh, I wish there was more. Because everyone that says I wish there was more are the people that were like hesitant for so long. And they finally mm-hmm. caught up and they're like, wow, this is what I've been missing out. They've joined the Grand Fleet. This is a cult. That's well, it. Well, yes, number one. And number two, you know me because I'll like, I'll binge 100 episodes in like two, three days. And then I, oh, think, yeah, no. and then I will like burn out the one piece battery that i have like and then i gotta take There's a no break battery for me i want to for <laughs> i'm i'm solar powered by the one piece sun which is a little hint hint because the sun is very important in one piece hmm. anyway, oh my god so, it's it's unicron that's yeah. how they're gonna cross cross over one piece and transformers it's yeah. unicron um but yeah so that's what i'm watching so are you ever gonna watch the movie ghosted with uh anna, uh, anna the uh, and, and chris, um, evans. chris evans i don't know probably not but like okay so i, I would like to but i don't care about the spoilers like go for it okay so i'll say because it it's a trash movie but that's part <laughs> of the movie so so look it's a movie because first of all i wanted to see chris evans beautiful face of course and you know anna the mars anna the Armas is cool she's great movie's mm-hmm. trash Mm-hmm. They just got paid to do this movie. I was like, what? I was interested because I was, I was like, oh, I like the take of the woman being the like action, know, the hero. action hero. It sucks to say that she's not going to be memorable as an action hero because, mm-hmm. again, it's tied in with the romance part of it. The ending was cool. I liked how it ended, but the best part of the movie, like me and Gabby watched it, and because we, we're like, yeah, we want to watch it, and she was just like, they're not having it. She's like, I hate this because there's no way. That Chris Evans is this like sappy, clingy yeah. guy. Like, there's no way that like that's maybe not a believable. Bit, yeah, but it's not. He's such a freaking beautiful man, and to be like, oh, he doesn't know how to. He doesn't know when he's flirting. Like, shut up, you're Chris Evans. Long story short, we're there, and I'm like, oh, this movie's trash. Blah blah blah. And I was telling Gavin, I'm like, honestly, I just want to get to the part where the action starts to happen. 
So you're gonna you're probably gonna be upset when I tell you this. So no, they get to the point where both of them get captured, mm-hmm. and someone kills. Oh, so they 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 no they're they're getting to the point where. Anna de Armas is trying to bring Chris Evans because she's a CCI agent. She's trying to bring him. Say, yo, can you bring him back to the Americas so he can like get away from here? And the guy's like, yeah, I'll bring him over. The guy gets shot in the face by none other Anthony Mackie. <laughs> he shows up. That's funny. So he shows up, kills him, and I was like, oh, dope. Like this is dope. Like it's the new Captain America, no Captain America. Dope. I like and that. And then um. What, what's his name from uh, Harold and Kumar, the Asian? I'm forgetting his name. Jonathan Cho? John Cho? That sounds right. I feel like the Cho part is right. But anyway, you know who I'm talking about. Yes. And for those listening, you know who I'm talking about. So um, he shows up and kills uh, <laughs> uh, Anthony Mackie. It was just like kind of very slapsticky because like Anthony yeah, Mackie John kills Cho. Him. John Cho. Yeah. So Anthony, uh, Anthony Mackie kills the guy and then I'm like, all right, I'm going to take you because there's a bounty on uh, Chris Evans' head. Yeah. And then he's like, okay, we're going to go over here. They get into the car, into this small car. And then John Cho comes up and just snaps. I think he like snaps. No, does he snap his neck? He does something. Yeah. And then, oh, no, no, no. Sorry. I had it backwards. Sorry. He does something uh, and takes him out. And then they get into, John Cho gets them to a car. Okay. They're sitting in the car and Sebastian Stan comes out and <laughs> <gets> snaps this <laughs> guy. <laughs> I was like, no freaking way. And I was like, wait, are they gonna get all the Avengers actors just to show Dude, up as that's random So people? funny. Like just random bounty hunters. Because yeah. that'd be great. I'm like, yo, if Scar Joe shows up, I'm with it. Unfortunately, they don't show up. It's just those two. But that was the best part of the movie. Like we that's laughed so out funny. loud for that part. Other than that, I was it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was it. Uh, reading right now, I'm not reading anything, but something's coming out tomorrow that I wrote. So for those listening, you probably, if you're listening. What could it be, man? Don't know. <laughs> um, and then playing, obviously, Jedi Survivor. That thing came to my house. It was I was told by the interwebs it was coming on a Tuesday, but it came on a Friday. Ooh. Solomon Grundy on a Monday, and then I just went and <laughs> uh, grabbed it from the mailbox. And then I came into the house, and Gabby just looks at me. She said, I've never seen you cheese whenever you're with me. I'm like, babe, I've been waiting for this for so it. long. <laughs> and I was like, I don't remember. That. I was like, yeah, the last time I probably cheesed this hard when you got me a Nintendo Switch. She was like, no, nah, not even then. I was like, well, this is Jedi Survivor. Like, this is the thing where it's like true to form when it comes to using the Force and lightsabering stuff. Anyway, popped it in. I was cheesing the whole time. I was like, it was playing at night. I was just cheesing because I was like, I finally get to play this game. I, I, in, in the beginning, I was obviously surviving. It was not that hard, but at some point, no. I started getting cheesy with it. I was like, mm, yeah. I'm nice. And I kept dying. <laughs> but that was because I was playing too much. I wasn't like yeah. taking it seriously. And I kept dying. I was like, oh, yeah, I actually got to progress. So it was just fun. I was looking for little nooks and crannies of Easter, not Easter eggs, of like little collectibles. Um, the gameplay is dope because there's like another guy with you. Not to get into spoiler territory, but there's a reason why that you're together. Um, because you've seen him in the trailer. He's that guy that's that helps Cal Kestis off off the uh, thing when Cal Kestis is falling. Oh, and the guy comes in and helps. He's in the trailer. 
um, but they connect. It's really dope. Um, first but of it's all, not, it's not, it's, it's not the guy that's in the tube, right? No, I haven't. In I'm this, not that in far the in the stasis chamber. I don't know. No, it's not Star Killer. We're not, we're not there yet. It is Star um, No, I said it's not. It, I know, it's not I know, but like, I just I, can't. I'm wait. not there yet. But yeah, the yeah, it was just dope. Oh, I was saying, Cal Kestis stubble though, bro. He looked good. Yo, I'm gonna go <laughs> find the real actor real quick. No, but when it comes to the customization you mentioned earlier, like I got a collectible where he has a full beard. I'm about to rock it for a minute because mm. I really like the stubble for now. But at some yeah. point, I'm gonna throw in the, the beard. Like he looks like like Infinity War Cap, or rather mm. Nomad for those for those nerds out there. It's Nomad. Those dorks. What a dork. Lightsaber is cool. I love that you have all your abilities in the beginning because it would be corny to do nice. that. Like, why is he going to learn this? Obviously, yeah. he's going to learn some stuff, but it's like, why are you not? Like, he has his, he has both sabers. Like, you can't, yeah. we know how the game ends. If he doesn't have sabers, that doesn't make sense. He has both of them. Mm-hmm. It's just cool. Like, I have to get used to certain mechanics because playing previous games, you realize, like, dodging is not the same. So I kept pressing because in the game, Dodging is O, but I keep pressing X, and I'm like, no, no, I have to press O, so I have to just get used to that. Mm-hmm. Wasn't one of the Inquisitors shows up? Uh, she was in the last game. Uh, that that wanted me to. I wanted to go read, uh, get back into Darth Vader because I know that mm-hmm. like it's around that time in the first three volumes, I believe. So I wanted to know if there's any connections to that. So that's something I kind of want to get back into reading. Okay. Oh, retroactively, I'm gonna go back to my watching because this is the last thing. Saw. Episode four in theaters. Out of the six oh. movies, that's my first one in theaters. I've never seen any of the Star Wars movies in theaters. Never saw the prequels. And we know why. My dad was just stingy with my age. Oh my gosh, Jay. Yeah. I've seen every single one except for nine. The very oh, yeah, last I don't, one. I don't, I'm not call, I don't count the... I'm talking about the original six. I've seen... In... Theaters? I think I only saw four. I assume you've seen the prequels. You never. Saw I saw, the, saw all saw the prequels. I didn't. I theaters. think I only saw four in theaters, um, and then I've seen like all the other ones in theaters also. Yeah, that no one cares about. Anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, it was a great experience, dude. Like everyone, I've seen. I've seen all the movies, but to see it on the big screen is dope. I wish they showed the VH like the OG one. I'm sure I can oh. find that online, but it's the yeah. one where. It's the with the the little Blu-rays with the, it's the one where um, Hayden Christensen's uh, Ghost Force shows up at the end. It's not the old. That's actor. episode six. Why did I say what episode did I say? You said four. That's a New Hope. I meant to say I saw Return of the Jedi was episode six. Yes, that's what I saw. Oh, okay, it was a dope experience. Everyone laughed when they laughed. Like it was like very genuine. Like mm-hmm. when Han Solo spoke and like and made his his jokes and remarks. C-3PO being scared. It's just a great experience to see it. Like with it was a lot of it was the seats were filled. Yeah. Um it was great. It was great. I loved it. it. Like I and I it's one of those things where I take pride in not sleeping in in theaters for no matter what movie even if I've seen it. I was highly upset. It's kind of a sidebar. I was highly upset when I went to see Superman. I think I said this last time. Yeah, to see yeah Superman, we were talking about it last week. It was so upsetting. So this one I saw it and I was like, "Wow, this is beautiful." was great it was great yeah, it's a great movie and yeah you it is kind of hard to find the vert because now ever since disney bought lucasfilm they don't put that version out ever 
the yeah. one and without and I think the one that I have, it wasn't I think the one that I have is not wasn't Disney. It's the box set with the it's the light skin box box set. Box set. So I was going to say after when they did the box set like the DVD box set it was and, like um, there was a after that there was two there was a prequel box set and then there yeah. was a with Yoda on it and then there was a sequel box set with Darth Vader on it, but I think if you put it together, it's one big six movie box. So right? when they did that I one, I'm that pretty sure. Disney. I'm pretty sure. No, even before Disney, after the prequels were done and they did a box set of the originals, I'm pretty sure that one has Hayden Christensen. Hayden Christensen also. I'm I'm gonna send you a picture after we're done. I'm gonna send you a picture. See what I'm talking. About. That's the one I own. But uh, yeah. we'll talk about that off air. Uh, but, but yeah, it was it was just a great experience. Everyone laughing and clapping for the and you know. Princess Leia coming. It was just so heartfelt. I got chills. And again, I always say Empire is one of the greatest Star Wars movies um, of all time, um, next to Rogue One. But if we're just talking about the original six, my favorite scene is when Darth Vader is talking to Luke uh, when he surrenders himself to yeah. uh, Darth Vader. Yeah, that's my favorite scene on the thing. It's just like he's like, um, you know, he's struggling with the force. He's like, I can feel you wavering, like you're struggling. He's just like, no, well, you were going to turn to the dark side. And I'm going to leave. I was just like, ah, oh, father and son just battling out with dialogue. It was just beautiful. It's, it's so, it's written very well. Like the movie's great, but that the whole sequence was just great. And not, nothing happens. They're just talking. Yeah, no. And that, and that goes, like you said, it's the writing and it's the character portrayals, like that kill it. That's a, it's a fantastic scene because it's simple. Cause in reality, it's, it's just a conversation. Any two characters could be having that, but the way that they talk about it, you know, they're, cause in that moment, they're both wavering on their beliefs, right? Mm. Like they both want the other to be with them because Darth even brings up like, Hey, like you and me, like we got this. Like I'm stronger than the emperor. Like we can, like we can do this. And Luke is like, nah, man, like I know there's good in you. Like don't be, don't be that guy. And you know it's it's fantastic. It's a great scene. But okay, what you said that you was said? your last one, right? So yeah, for me, watching, uh, you know, I've been having my myself in the background, so I'm I'm finishing up that '70s show. Uh, I think I'm on the last season or the second to last season. Uh, I think I'm on season seven, so I, I got one more after this. I've been watching, you know, SpongeBob when I just want something to give me noise. Um, another thing that I did watch, uh, you know, this weekend I was away for a wedding in New Jersey, so I had literally like no time to do anything. So I didn't do too, too much. Right no, I couldn't have. I know. Um, <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, but one thing that I was able to get before going out there, I watched the Power Rangers special, uh, Mighty Morphin Power uh, yeah, Rangers. I, I started it and I was like, oh, this is too cringe to watch right now. Dude. It is so cringy in the best way. Like it is. I, I, yeah, exactly. It is literally like, and they, it's it has to be intentional. Like, there's no way that it just like, oh, this is how we filmed it. Like, no, they had to have written it exactly like that because it is as if they upgraded a camera in the nineties. And filmed a freaking episode you know of the show. Is? I was telling Gabby because she she watched me. She saw me start watching it. And I said to her, "Like watching this was way too cringe. I kind of want to go back and just watch it because I remember yes. in my recent memory, I did rewatch Mighty Morphin in high school slash college. 
Yeah. Like the entire, I went from there to like Gal- not Galaxy, to space. And it was cringy, but not this cringy. No, this is like, so this is like a next <laughs> level cringy, but again, in, in its, in its best way possible. I was like, I had to be in a different, because it was nighttime. I just com- came back from work. I was like, I can't watch this right now. No, you have like, to like that. zone it. You have to, you have to bring yourself to the mentality of you are like a five, six year old kid watching Power Rangers again with the cereal and everything. Like that's, that's how travel back. Yes. This is, that's how this is meant to be watched. And if you watch it through that lens, you will have a smile on the entire time. Is it a cinematic masterpiece? Yes. Is everything perfect? Yes. Now. Winning an Oscar? (laughs) Yes. Oh, okay. (laughs) Everything is perfect. Everything is perfect because you watched it through the eyes of a five-year-old. It is so cringily good. Like, you know, all the homages and like we get a couple of cameos and stuff like that. Um, you know, we do get an Emira and a remembrance at the end for uh Jason David Frank and the original actress that played Trini, um, which was very nice. But everyone else, man, it's like they never took the freaking helmet off. It was so good. It was so dumb and cringy and even stuff that was like, uh, like when the Zords came in to make the Megazord, uh, it was so Wait, like, they came in? No, I'm just playing. Of course they It was in. so like, it was literally, all they did was up-res, like, I know they, they filmed and, and did CGI, whatever, but it really looks like they just up the original Zord intros, like, from the show. It's so freaking good, man. Um, it's like just give me the one from the movie, dude. It was it was just so much fun. Uh, it, the one thing I will say that I thought was a a massive, massive miss opportunity, huge MMO was uh that Goldar wasn't in the movie. I kept wanting to see Goldar come in. Oh man, that's because he was Rita's like right hand man, and I really wanted to yeah. see that. Because I mean, I'm sure from what I remember, he did die. But again, this was a yeah. self-contained story. They could have done it. Well, no, it's a direct sequel. It is a direct. Yeah, like, isn't it supposed to be a? Isn't it like a direct sequel, self-contained story? Well, but it, then again, there is there is a universe. Yeah. In, so in the so it it very much has a place on the timeline. Like it is. Yeah. Like it is living in the in the Power Rangers universe, um, on the grid, and exactly that that's what I meant. It was it, 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 because yeah, go ahead. But I was saying like you know they have other characters that come in. You get some cameos from different Rangers. You know we get to see some of the Space Force. Uh, even in, in like you know Rita's whole thing is she's capturing Rangers to fuel this like time machine thing. Yeah. You get to see a bunch of different rangers that are already captured. Um, spoiler alert, you don't see the actual characters or anything. They're just like literally like they're toys. Like they get turned into these mini toys. Which is a nice little nod too. Like we used yeah. to have those toys when you flip their heads, they were Ex- just like the mask. Yes. Like that was, I had all of them. You know, it's very cringy. It was fun. Um, oh my God. The best, best worst moment was when we see Trini's daughter um grown up and she's practicing in the like 
you know, like just in her backyard or whatever. She's like walking around doing like, ha, ha. Yeah, ha. I thought that was. It was so perfect. Yeah, it was bad, but Dude, perfect because it, it did is... a good job. Because no one does that in real life. No, and, no. Like you, you, you do that in in place and not say you can say hey, yeah, but it it was just so over the top. And it, it, you know, they really gave it their all. They, they, they really channeled that energy from, from back in the day. Um, it was really fun. If you're, if you're a Power Rangers fan, you will get a lot out of this. There's even little, 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 little Easter eggs to be found. There was one that like made my heart smile, but then I was like, man, I wish they were actually in the movie. Um, if you see it, you'll, you'll know what I'm saying. Uh, but it, it, it was great. I, I, I loved it. I, I really enjoyed it. So beyond that, I really don't think done much else. Definitely no reading. Playing, uh, like I said, I jumped into Fortnite. I had some time while I was at the hotel, and the hotel had good Wi-Fi, so I was able to do some matches uh, in Fortnite. Yeah, and Marvel Snap. Like those are the only two things I've been playing. I've just I really haven't had time. Yeah, I think that's it. Well, I'm yeah, sure. Your weekend was your weekend was also like you were up here, so. Yeah, but even last week, I was, like, swamped with stuff. I didn't really get to play anything too much. But, uh, yeah, I think that's it for me. That's my re- my weekly wrap. Uh, yeah. So, with that, we're going to go ahead and wrap this episode up. Thank you all for joining Thank you all for joining us live on twitch.tv slash the average days, uh, where you can join us live every Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern. Um, typically we do a J&J after dark, but this week we're not going to do it. We haven't done it in the last couple of weeks just because there's been stuff going on in our lives. But, um, hopefully next week we bring that segment back. Uh, it's about yes. a half hour, 40 minutes where we just break down a topic where we're unfiltered, unedited, and you can only catch it here on Twitch because it does not go up, uh, with the audio. So again, that's twitch.tv slash the average J's Tuesdays, 9 PM Eastern. Don't forget to follow, like, and subscribe on Twitter at The Average Days and Instagram, The Average Days Podcast. And don't forget, we do have a TikTok where we have outtakes, bloopers, and uh, certain clips sometimes from uh, from the After Dark segments as well. Yeah, with just uh, insight on things that we think about. Yes. So, and there it's also just Average Days Podcast, right? Sounds about right. Let me look it up real quick. Just hold on. Fill that air up. Fill it up. Skippity that bap I'm scatting. The average Jays. There it is. The average Jays. We <laughs> probably no should face. know. We probably should know our own social media stuff, but hey, we're we're a work in progress. But um thank you all for listening and we will catch you on the next one. As always, I'm Jay Justin Ruiz. And I'm Jay Jeremy Francois. Be good to each other. Check in on each other. Have fun. And bye to Brownie, too. Yes, as you guys can hear, Brownie saying goodbye to everyone, the other producer. Goodbye, all. It's more than time. <laughs>